Hello, and welcome to Nerds Collide, a podcast about all things geeky and possibly dorky. He is Justin. What's that? <laughs> definitely, definitely didn't didn't think you were going there. <laughs> What's that? <laughs> and I'm Travis, and together we're just a couple of nerds. Just a couple of nerds. Just a couple of nerds. What's new with you? I've been trying to secure a collector's edition of The Legend of Zelda Tears of the Kingdom, and it is not going well. So my life lately has been, I downloaded this app uh, called Hotstock, and uh, it keeps tabs on when items go on, uh, are available to purchase. It literally, anytime I get a notification for any retailer, they're gone within seconds. So Damn. I am I am straight up not having a good time with this. <laughs> I was like, should I just give up? And then today I got one and I almost got to the uh I almost got to the payment plan portion of the listing on the Target app and it was like, Am I gonna get it? And then it was like, No, it was sold out. Sorry, bud. Like, alright, dude. Then there's a bunch of listings on eBay for the pre-order that are like $300. Jesus Christ. So, that's cool, guys. The fact that we've reached the point where people are just selling pre-orders on Facebook Marketplace. Yeah, it's ridiculous. So what's special about that edition? Like, what, what do you get with it? I mean, it comes in a cool box, obviously, but it comes with a steel book. It's kind of a lot of the new... Or the the more recent collector's editions of everything are kind of all the same. It's like you get the game, you get a steel book case for it, you get an art book, and then the other stuff is like whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, this one is the art book, steel book. I mostly just want it because it's Zelda. It's weird because I think it was last episode and maybe the episode before. Oh, there's a poster and a pin set. Ah. Yeah, that's weird because I know we were talking a few episodes ago, if not last episode, how I didn't, I don't really care for like the like the limited edition or the special edition consoles. Mm-hmm. I'm the same way with you know just the games. Like I'm, I'm really not intrigued by day one editions or limited editions and like stuff like that. It's like, no, nah, just just give me the regular one, sixty dollars. Well, I guess they're seventy dollars now. Just give me the game. Just give me the game. I'm trying the to only, buy a game. The only steel books I do own. Are the Star Wars movies all the episodic ones? Yeah, I love uh, steel books for some reason. So anything that comes in steel book form, I'm like looking at it. It could be like the most dog shit movie ever, and I'm still like, you're like that SpongeBob episode. I need it. This <laughs> <laughs> it is funny though because I saw the Pulp Fiction steel book. And or sorry, the the Reservoir Dogs steelbook, and the case it comes with a plastic case that comes over it. Mm-hmm. And when have you ever watched Reservoir Dogs? I have not. Okay, I'm trying to think if I should spoil it. Yeah, go ahead. I guess it's not really that big of a spoiler. Spoiler so in, alert! <laughs> yeah, spoiler alert for Reservoir Dogs by Quentin Tarantino. In the movie, a guy gets his ear cut off. I like it already. It's really, really good. I think that's my favorite movie of his. So, a guy gets his ear cut off. The steel book, the plastic is the guy's uh, side uh, 
what am I trying to say here? Side view? That's not the right word I'm looking for, but it's the only one I can think of right now. It's the side view of the character, and then when you take off the plastic, he doesn't have an ear. So it's like... <laughs> that one's, like, super ugly, though. <laughs> I was, like, looking at it like, hmm, do I want it? And then I'm like, no, nah, that's not a good-looking one. <laughs> so as, as long as it looks good. That reminds me of... uh what was it? Those um oh those Delta Eight gummies that I I sent you a picture of the uh, Mike Tyson brand ones. Oh yeah yeah and yeah. The, and the gummies, if you ever seen them, they're literally the shape of an ear with a bite sticking out of the ear. <laughs> <laughs> so talk to me about the the new trailer for Tears of the Kingdom because I haven't seen it and I feel like I've kind of been going out of my way not to see it. It gives. It's the longest trailer that we've gotten so far. I want to say it's over, it's close to a two-minute mark. Some of it is rehashed from the two trailers previously, but it does give some new uh, updates about some things. Uh, it looks like, what's the tablet called again? The Sheikah Slate. So you can use your, uh, you can use your powers through the Sheikah Slate, like mag- uh, Magnesis and... All that stuff. It looks like you can get parts to build different uh, modes of transportation. So, like in the trailer, Link was a uh, Link was like driving like what looked like a uh, like a backyard built go kart, and then uh, he was in the air on like a hovercraft sort of thing. And they showed him like getting the parts through like like there was one that was buried in a lake. That was sweet. the The hovercraft especially, I was like, oh. Yeah, and then they just showed Link um, doing his usual thing. Doing his usual thing, being a hero, looking cool. I did see someone, it looks like his, uh, his like, right, would it be his right? I think it's right. His right uh, side of his body looks infected, so that's interesting. It looks good. It looks real, real good. I, of course, like, I didn't have any, I didn't have any doubt that it would. I guess the art book just leaked, though. That uh, would come with the collector's edition, and uh, people are posting them online, and it's and it's giving out some spoilers. So you just leave me out of that internet, okay? Oh, and it looks like the Blood Moon plays more of a role in this one because they show the Blood Moon rise, and then it um, I don't know. It looks like little pieces of it fo- like fly off and go into enemies. And I think that's how the enemies get upgraded, because they they do have a different look in this one than they did in the original. But So, remind me, if I remember correctly, it's been a long time since I played Breath of the Wild. The Blood Moon mechanic, it would just be like the enemies that you had defeated would be revived, right? Yep. Okay. Yeah, but this one, like, little chunks of the Blood Moon, like, appear to fly off, and then... uh, are absorbed into various enemies in Hyrule, and then they have a different look. So I think uh, something about that is uh, more important than it was. I'm going to watch the trailer right now. Nice. There's some rain, thunder. Oh, yeah, and then Ganon's voice is throughout the trailer. He's all menacing, like, Rise, rise, my sons. (laughs) Rise and kill Hyrule. We We got little Ganon. So I don't know if it's Ganon, but there's like an enemy 
that uh has that premiered in the very first trailer and people are calling him dry ganon online which is disgusting um <laughs> i hate it <laughs> jesus then you get that triumphant music link's got his robotic arm it, it's a good trailer i'll i'll watch it later i've kind of like like 2 weeks ago i was all in on zelda cuz i was playing ocarina of time for the first time i was like all in and then you know life happens and it's it just <laughs> I, I haven't picked up my switch in like maybe a week and a half oh man did you download the uh the game boy and game boy advance i did i did okay, I, was playing, I was playing some mario kart oh the super surrogate for yeah gba yeah, I played it. It was cool. It's like yeah. a better version of the original one because I, I don't really, I don't really like the original Mario Kart. <laughs> no, it, it they don't hold up very well. Like that, those Mario Kart games, like they're cool that they're on the surface, on the service. But why would you ever play them when Mario Kart Eight is right there with all the courses? I think it's more of a nostalgic thing. Yeah, and like it's cool that I guess though. In a sense, if you're buying the expansion pass, you're getting two Mario Kart games now. Well, three, technically. And uh, as opposed to spending $60 on one. Although, to be fair, you're spending $60 on the best one. So, yeah. And you also get the booster courses, too. I just thought about that. And you can also argue that that game should not still be $60. But that is true. They just released the uh, Metroid Prime remaster. And uh, that's that was forty dollars, so I was very surprised with that. Although it still shouldn't be forty dollars. Uh, well, I guess they put in a lot of work on it. So okay, yeah, I was gonna say this is coming from someone who's never played any of the Metroid Primes or any really of the Metroids, but I I was watching some videos on it, and it seems like the amount of work that they did put into it would justify that price tag. So you know, I'll check it out in in two years when I beat. Ocarina of Time. <laughs> Don't take that long. At this pace. I uh I have been playing Metroid. Um I've never been a fan of the Metroid series really. I mean I have and haven't. Like I liked the series and I liked the character of uh, Samus, but I could never get into the games for whatever reason. Mm-hmm. And I just beat Metroid Zero Mission, which is a remake a Game Boy Advance remake of the first one. And it was real, real good. Um, so I'm, I think I'm going to start playing through that series and we'll see. Luckily, it is cool that, uh, I have the switch online cause they have Metroid one, two now for the game boy, super Metroid. They're going to put out fusion for the game boy advance at some point this year. And then you got Metroid dread on the switch. Almost have every Metroid game on the switch. Assuming that, uh, there's rumors that they're going to put, Metroid Prime 2 and 3 on the Switch as well. And then if they actually release Metroid Prime 4, which, I mean, I, I don't know how to feel about it. But, uh, yeah, every every mainline Metroid game could potentially be on the Switch by the end of the year. On the topic of the Switch, why don't we uh, move on to our question? Question! Okay, so this was an idea that we had for every episode... We'll, we'll each ask each other a question, and we don't know the question, so the answers will be just kind of, like, immediate. Yeah, there's a spontaneity about about this, you know? 
gotta think on your feet. Yeah. Although today we're not if you doing take that too, so much. If you take too long, we end the call in <laughs> the episode immediately. <laughs> I like the idea. It's like ten seconds. Eh, wrong. We're done. <laughs> and then you just edit like twenty minutes worth of audio and put it out. All right. Today's question. We're gonna both answer the same question. So, do you want to start? You should, you can start. All right, so the question is, if you could remaster any game for the Switch right now, what would it be? So I'm the one that actually proposed this question. I actually have not given it any thought. Yeah, I'm still thinking. What does your heart tell you? <laughs> what does your heart <laughs> desire? Tell as far me, as a re... Tell me what you want. <laughs> okay. <laughs> as far as like a remaster... I feel like everything I want is would be a remake, but as far as like a remaster goes, the one that initially jumps to mind is the HD remaster of uh, Legend of Zelda Wind Waker, which is ridiculous anyway because it's been on it was on Wii U and it's on GameCube. But it would be awesome to take that portably, have that on the go everywhere I go, would be a, a very good experience, I think. So that's that's what I'm going to say, because I also can't think of anything else that I would want. What about you? So I'm going to give you two. Uh-oh. Okay, cause they, 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 both, they both go together. So I'm also going with a game from the GameCube, and then its sequel was on the DS. Oh. Yeah, Luigi's Mansion 1 and 2. Just to get that those things on the Switch. Um, I mean, you, you don't even really need to do anything to them, honestly. Just pour them over. I've, so I've played through obviously Luigi's Mansion. Um, I played through the initial beginnings of Dark Moon. Mm-hmm. Does that implement anything from the 3DS that could be that could be tough to port to the Switch? Honestly, I couldn't tell you. I haven't played it. Okay. Yeah, I've only played three. Oh wow! I, yeah. And so I, that's, that's like your big motivation to for yeah. them to do that is so you can play the whole series. Yeah, because, you know, I would like to, to play the other ones, but I don't own a DS. And I have a GameCube, but, you know, copies of Luigi's Mansion are... are Man, no. you ain't fucking kidding. I went to a store and they were selling it for, like, $70. I'm like, I'm not paying $70 for Luigi's Mansion. Maybe one day. One day not yeah, today. one day I'm going to, <laughs> because there'll be no choice. Yeah. <laughs> but, all right, so that was our question. Like I said, moving forward, they'll be a little bit more off the hip. And oh, you know what? What's that? I'll I'll ask a question. Oh, okay, shoot. If you if you could have a remake of a game come out for Switch or any other console, really, um, what would it be? I think the two that I have in mind. Well, I guess it'd be three technically. The three that I have in mind would be remakes of. The Legend of Zelda Oracle games for the Game Boy Color, but remade in the style of the Link's Awakening engine. So that little cute kind of uh, wooden doll stop motion look. Um, I think that would be really cool to have both Oracle games on the Switch and, you know, remade in that really awesome. Uh, and uh, what am I trying to say? Uh, it would just be good. I think another game I would love to have remade, but I th- 
I don't know if anyone would ever do it justice, is a platforming game for the Sega Genesis called uh, Rocket Knight Adventure. It's one of my favorite games ever, and yeah, I would just love to see someone remake it for modern consoles with uh, with uh, updated visuals, but keep the same feel. They did release, I don't know, I wouldn't necessarily say it was a remake, but it was kind of just an homage to the series, or to that game specifically, in like 2011 called Rocket Knight. Um, and it wasn't very good, so I think if they were to remake it, I would hope that uh, someone would kind of take the groundwork of the original and just more so update it than try to build it from the ground up. But I don't know. Those are my those are mine that jump out to me. The first thing that jumps out for me, uh, Max Payne one and two. Damn. I've actually never played those games. Me neither. I've played three on the PlayStation 3 years ago, and it was really good. And, you know, I've heard one and two are a lot better, but, yeah. You just, you know, get a uh, completely remade version of those, kind of how you know, they've been remaking the Resident Evil games as of late. Oh, yeah, right. Just, you know, from the ground up, redo it. There's not many of those left. Uh, no. to remake. Yeah, <laughs> I think <they're>... everything's being <laughs> remade. <laughs> kind of ran through. <laughs> Man, uh, they're doing that with the Final Fantasy games too, aren't they? So they're doing it with, they're doing it with seven. Um, and it's split up into like three parts or something. I hear I... a lot of mixed feelings about it, and rightfully so. They take the first ten hours of Final Fantasy and make it forty hours. So there ends up being a lot of what some people say is filler. Mm-hmm. I've ne- I haven't played. I don't really have a desire to play Final Fantasy VII remake. I was never super into. Okay, I was into Final Fantasy VII. There's a point where you get out of the city, like the opening city. That's like I don't remember how long it was, but then you're on the the open map. And then I was just kind of like, I don't know where to go. <laughs> and just abandoned it. But I was also a kid, so maybe one day I'll give it a shot. Um, it looks great. Like, visually, it is stunning. I'm a complete Final Fantasy noob, so I don't I don't know anything about those. But yeah, Max Payne for me, those are the ones that jump out. The only other one that is coming to mind that I think would be really cool, but I know they would do it wrong because they've They've already done it, and they've done it wrong. Give, give me Call of Duty Black Ops. What about Carl on Duty Black Cops? <laughs> <laughs> I haven't heard that one, but yeah. So, somebody made a meme where it's Carl Winslow, and they put the Call of Duty logo, but they changed <laughs> it to Carl on Duty. And like, I think I might have mentioned this in a previous episode, but I would gladly pay $60 to play a first-person shooter where you play as Carl Winslow, that shit would be awesome. Give me, give me, give me a Carl Winslow life simulation, bro. <laughs> where I gotta go home and deal with Urkel. <laughs> Dude, a first-person game where you play as Carl Winslow and then you go home and 
Steve opens, Steve Urkel opens the door and is like, can I do that? <laughs> It'd be so fucking good. <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> but yeah, you said, uh, I, keep, yeah. I keep wanting to say Carl on duty. You say Call, call of Duty. Yeah. Black, either, no, Black Ops or Black Ops 2, either one. No, during the time, well, not Black Ops, because Black Ops had already been out for a few years by the time I got into Call of Duty. But Black Ops 2, that was like, it. that was like the new game when I was really into it. And I, I was pretty deep into Call of Duty for a while. <laughs> I was in it. <laughs> I, I was in the trenches. <laughs> but, yeah, I think a properly made remake, even, even if you just remaster it, because that game is not that old. Right. But they've they've already done it and it didn't turn out well. They remade Call of Duty 4 Modern Warfare. And I oh, remember yeah. when they did it, they bundled it with Infinite Warfare, which was it's like across the board most people consider it the the worst Call of Duty game. It's pretty bad. But but the only way to get the remaster of Call of Duty 4 was in that bundle, and it was like $70, $80. Holy shit. And it, it was that way for a long time. So I think it's because I did get it on sale eventually, and I played a little bit of it, and you know, it was okay. And then they just started adding in like the microtransactions, like all the modern Call of Duty stuff they kind of threw in there, and, and it and it ruined it. So... If they did come out and they're like, hey, we're going to remaster, you know, Call of Duty Black Ops, I'd be like, oh, yeah. Oh, man. They're going <laughs> to they're gonna ruin it. <laughs> you so, blew it. But, you know, it, it would be cool one day for there to be a good Call of Duty game. <laughs> it, would, it would be cool if they did it. Anyway, in other news. In other news. I don't know. Did I mention it last episode that? My fish died? Or did I just Yes, I think. Okay. So if, if I didn't, my my beta fish did die. Spoiler. It Tr- did. It trigger did. warning. <laughs> it did. <laughs> yeah, so the and I figured out I figured out what happened. What happened? If you remember I kept telling you like there's ammonia in the water and I don't know why. Right. There's ammonia in my tap water. No. <laughs> okay, so it's on me. I own it. I should have tested my tap water months in advance. That's interesting. Months ago. The only reason I didn't is because the last time I tested my tap water was maybe two, three months ago before we moved here. And when we moved, we only moved like five minutes up the road. So I didn't think, like, you know, let me retest the tap water. We're in the same city. It's probably connected to the same water supply. But for whatever reason, in, in our new place, the the tap water, it has an ammonia that's like, I forget what it's at, but it's already pretty high. So when I initially set that tank up, while I did put the sponge filter in there that was already seeded with beneficial bacteria, because there was so much ammonia already in the clean water that I was putting in there, and then putting a, the fish in there when I did, there wasn't... Uh, enough time for enough beneficial bacteria to grow on all the surfaces in the tank oh. to to properly 
and then also doing water changes because I, I was doing weekly water changes. So while I thought the water changes were helping, yeah, they were really causing the more ammonia, damage. It was really just adding more ammonia in there. So that's on me. Did you did you say that the fish was going more towards the sponge filter, like hiding out by the filter? I have two filters on the tank. I have the sponge filter, and then I have just you know a regular hang on the back filter, and he was kind of hiding behind the hang on the back. So then I had two more fish die shortly after that. Damn. For two completely different reasons. So the first one, which I'm still scratching my head at, the fish just jumped out. Which, you know, fish jump out of water, you know, that's common, right? But there was a lid on the tank. And the only spaces that are open are the little cutout for where, you know, the hang on the back filter sits. And there's one on the other side, too, where um, it's just a little small. Basically, there's there's very small amount. What am I trying to say? How do I word this? The The likelihood of a fish jumping out with that lid on are very, very small, but it, they did it. And, you know, he didn't jump out, like, while I was, you know, doing a water change or anything. But, yeah, I don't... <laughs> I came home from work one day, and I looked in there, and I'm like, I'm missing a fish. <laughs> and I'm looking all around the tank, like, I can't find him. And, like, I'm just getting home from work. I'm tired of so I'm like, all right, he, he must be hiding somewhere. I'll find him when I wake up. <laughs> so I wake up, I go in there and look, and he's still nowhere to be found. And this has happened to me before with a snail. I couldn't find a snail. I got two snails in there. I couldn't find him. And then one day, I just he was in there. I'm like, oh, well, there, there you are. <laughs> there you are, bud. But yeah, so when I woke up and I looked back in there, and I still didn't see him, I'm like, all right. That's when I'm like, okay, maybe he jumped, but I don't think so. And sure enough, he was right there on the ground. <laughs> Damn, man. He's like, get me the hell out of here. <laughs> There's too much ammonia. <laughs> no, that was in the good tank. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that, that that tank has more than enough bacteria in it that even though there's ammonia in the city water, it just immediately like gets eaten up. So the the other casualty was actually murder. Uh-oh. I, I didn't I didn't kill the fish, but the another fish in there. I happened to just walk by and look, and I had two yellow mollies in there, mm-hmm. and uh, one of them was just picking at the other one, and you know the one that was getting bullied, he wasn't looking good, so I took the bully out of the tank, and uh, I took him out, and I, I put him in the other tank that you know that's not good, but I had a, a, a I still had ammonia lock in there, so I, I I detoxified the ammonia that was in the tank, but I put him in there. Just so he would, you know, leave the other fish alone. And then when I walked back, he was already gone. Damn. It had, it had already been enough. And then I was taking a closer look at uh, the other three fish that are in the tank, which are guppies. And one of them does have, like, a few bite marks on his fins. So, yeah. Whoa. <laughs> that's, a, that's a notification, bud. Mail time, mail time. So, yeah. Um, yeah, fish just been dropping like flies over here, man. Fish are dropping like fish. Fish are Let dropping like bodies. Hit the floor. <laughs> Let the fish hit the floor. <laughs> I remember my uh, my brother one time ran into. I he he like wasn't paying attention and then ran into the door going into our laundry room. <laughs> so it was like, 
He like face first into the door. And my one of my other brothers immediately, like just no hesitation, saying and his name is Chris, the the one that hit the door. He's like, Let the Chris hit the door. Let the Chris hit the door. <laughs> and I always thought that was so fucking funny. <laughs> I got a notification that the collector's edition is going on sale at Best Buy, but it uh it is not showing up yet. Come on. All right. What were you going to say? I was going to say, do you want to take a break? Oh, yeah, sure. All right. Let's take a break. Bye. Bye. Here's a video where that guy, he's like a bigger guy and he's cooking and uh, he just keeps adding like sauces. It's a, It's like a clip. It's a montage video of him adding like sauces to food, and he's just like, mm, mm. And he just keeps getting louder and louder. It looks good. No, but some of my some of my favorite videos I see on Instagram are people like recording their parents cooking, and they can't cook. <laughs> like. Man, there was this one, this dude was recording his mom making a Thanksgiving dinner. So the video opens. <laughs> she has a pan laid out with just slices of Wonder Bread with cheese on top. What? She, she puts them in the oven. <laughs> then she opens a can of Spam. <laughs> That's their meat. And then, uh. and then a family member walks in the door with a pan. And she's like, what do y'all want these hot dogs? <laughs> <laughs> oh, Dude, some of them get like real nasty. Like this one lady just made pasta in her sink. Like she cooked the noodles and then just poured the noodles out of the pot into her her bare sink and then just started putting like the sauces and cheeses and just had her hand like no gloves on or nothing just mixing it all up man that's got there's no way that's gotta be fake dude I promise you and when i see it again because it pops up from time to time i'll <laughs> i'll send it to you i don't trust anything that's on the internet if i ever went to a thanksgiving dinner and someone was like here's the hot dogs I would leave, like, I would fucking leave. Oh, shit. No, 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 no. Check out, check out. No, what are you doing? You're taking too long. I didn't get it. This, what the hell? Can you just ship it to me? For the love of God. Well, I didn't get it. It is the furthest I've ever gotten, um, so that's promising, I guess. And we're back. We're back. We're back. I have called off, and <laughs> Justin has unfortunately had another failed attempt. Yeah, at, at we securing. Took, you <laughs> might have heard. Order. You might have heard <laughs> when right before we were going to break, an alarm went off on my phone, and that was. <laughs> That was the alarm I have set 
as a notification for the hot stock app. Well, really, I have it set for every app, but I also have every app notification turned off except for the hot stock. So I'm not getting any notifications for anything unless it's that. And uh and I think one other thing, like emails or something. Uh but yeah, I, I, I was unsuccessful in my attempt to get the collector's edition of of Tears of the Kingdom. And then Travis called off work and yeah. I and I listened. Yeah, I'm playing hooky. Did you did you hear like how long that conversation had to be? I did. <laughs> Ridiculous, right? <laughs> I love when, because who do you call? Do you call security? I don't think it's security. I think it's it's just a, a is this like a regular reporting line? It's probably somebody, you know, halfway across the world, sitting in their living room in front of a computer. Interesting. Yeah, or I don't know if it's a call center or something. It's definitely not anybody from the plant. Okay. Let's uh let's move on then. Let's talk about a little thing called The Last of Us. Uh, so as of this recording, episode six just came out last night. But we're going to talk about episodes four and five. Yeah, I've so, only seen like the first five minutes of episode six. So, spoilers. Yeah, ahead. thank you. We, we, we finally did it. Thank we you so it. much. This is where you, you put. Uh, this is where you put uh, uh, an audience cheering and clapping, like a sitcom <laughs> cheer clap. Well, I was gonna say, you know, future Travis, that's editing this, thanks you, but now you said it, so now I still got to do the work of putting the applause in there. So thank you, you know. Thanks for giving me more fucking work. <laughs> Trying to decide if it'll be more funny if I just don't do it. <laughs> yeah, you know what you should put is the oh. <laughs> <laughs> All so right. anyway, we're gonna talk about we're gonna talk about episodes four and five of The Last of Us. Oh yeah. So when we left Joel and Ellie, oop, whoa. They were, leaving, they were leaving the gay people's house. <laughs> yeah, they were done with that gay shit. And uh, for anyone whose first episode this is, I'm not saying that as like a sl- an insult. <laughs> no, not at all. It's just I'm making fun of uh, ignorant bigots who say absurd things like that. But anyway, they're leaving. They got a truck. They got a bunch of supplies. They got ammo. They're heading to. Uh, Kansas City. In the like, game, it's Pittsburgh, isn't it? Yeah, so they, they changed it. I don't... I haven't listened to the their podcast in a while, so I don't know why they changed it, but... I, I wonder if I think it was a location to... reason. Like, uh, the locations that they were filming looked more like Kansas City than they did Pittsburgh. Yeah. And then also, story-wise, it kind of gets you a little bit further along. Right. You know, in terms of, you know, how far they're traveling. Yeah, episode four. So it was the shortest episode we've gotten so far, right? I think so, yeah. I think it's around 45, 47 minutes. Okay, so episode four was my favorite until episode five came out. We'll, <laughs> that's we'll for, yeah, five in a yeah, that's true. The same thing. We got a lot of Joel and 
uh, Ellie interaction and their relationship building, which was great. Which is okay. That that's I got a gripe with that because a lot of people online. So coming off episode three, we obviously we didn't get a lot of Joel and Ellie, even though everything that happened with Bill and Frank directly affected Joel and Ellie, right, and their journey. I seen people complaining that we still didn't get enough Joel and Ellie in episode four. We got the whole episode, the whole episode, and they're like, oh. We spent so much time on the on these new characters. It's been like five minutes. Yeah, I was I was actually gonna watch it again in time how long we weren't with Joel and Ellie because I I was I was just like that's absurd. Stop being stop stop complaining to complain. Yeah, and I'm like, what? That's literally why I love this episode so much because we get so many of those quiet moments with Joel and Ellie. Yeah. After you know the big moment, which is pretty much again direct, uh, directly ripped out of the game where they get ambushed. Yep. And I guess I, I guess I should say going back before that too, um, the scene with them driving in the car and her having the porno mag directly out of the game. Yeah, I totally forgot about that, and I went and watched the cutscene from the game, and it's exactly the same. So that was cool. One of my favorite low key parts of this episode is. When they're driving, and Ellie, I think Joel says something along the lines of, like, you can, if you're tired, you can go to sleep. And she's like, I'm not even tired. And then they cut to her sleeping. Yeah. <laughs> I thought that was really funny. Uh, We get Joel taking out some people. He doesn't hear somebody come in from behind him. Kind of gets, uh, kind of gets, uh, attacked and, you know, taken out a little bit. He's about yeah. to get taken out, I should say. And then, Ellie has to come and save him with the gun that she took from Bill's house, which Joel didn't know about. Yeah, that was a pretty emotional scene, I thought. Uh, Yeah, they didn't waste any time with her, you know, revealing that she, well, not really revealing, she had no choice but to use the gun, but kind of getting that out there that she has the gun. I thought that we would have a few episodes of where, you know, he still didn't know, but she had it, but. Right. Yeah, no, that, that, that scene was really great. Um, you know, kinda... the, yeah, the worst part was she shot him in the spine because he, he said, like, I can't move my legs. I was like, God damn, Ellie. Man, <laughs> you fucked that guy up. <laughs> um, so uh, episode four, we get Kathleen, who is completely a uh, brand yeah, new, character, a new character, unique to the show. In the game, they don't even go into who these people are, right? You kind of just go and shoot them. Yeah, you just go and kill them and get out, pretty much, from what I remember. Yeah, it's nice. I like that the television show is diving into a lot of these side characters and also making characters to justify why there are these uh, groups of people in the game that you have to take out. Mm -hmm. I'm enjoying that. Yeah, Kath... Kathleen, played by uh, Melanie Linsky, I think, uh, is her name. She's most known from Two and a Half Men, uh, but she was also in this Peter Jackson movie called Heavenly Creatures with Kate Winslet. That's a good movie. It's a little psychological thriller sort of thing. Yeah, I thought she was great. We got Perry, right-hand man, number two in command, who is, I can't, I, I wrote his name down, but I don't remember where. But it is the... Mo- motion capture actor who played 
Tommy in the video game. Yeah, I, I, I dig, I dig the new characters. I think they, they add a lot to that kind of like that point in the game that stop. Obviously, it's Pittsburgh in the game, Kansas City in the show, but it adds a little bit more depth there. And then, I don't know. I, I seen a lot of people saying they didn't really buy Kathleen as kind of like the leader, but I don't know. It, it kind of it worked for me. Yeah, it worked Cause, for me. Because you, you see this kind of like ruthless side of hers. I mean, she just murders the doc, one doctor they have, who, who they even mentioned was the doctor who delivered her when she yeah. was born. <laughs> Yeah, she and does it, not give a fuck. And you know, it's like, and when the three people, when they bring, they show her the three people that Joel attacked, and that are dying, and she's like, "Will a doctor help?" And they're like, "No." He's like, "Okay." And then you know, she just offs the doctor. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, there. And then there's this plot where they're all looking for Frank, and of course, you know, us who play the video game, we know who Frank is. Wait, looking for Frank? Wait, no, I'm thinking, who the fuck is Frank? Frank is a gay guy. <laughs> Frank dead. <laughs> What's the guy's name? Henry, right? Hen- yeah, Henry. I don't know why I was thinking Frank. But yeah, they are looking for Henry because Henry is responsible for the death of Kathleen's brother. Which is... Do they reveal that in 4 or is it more specified in... Or is it, is it revealed in... Uh, no, five. it it no, it's uh when she's talking to the doctor initially because she makes the comment right. that yeah that it was that her brother was locked in the cell like the doctor was yeah so Kathleen's brother pretty much seemed like he was the leader of this resistant movement in Kansas City but from what I get out of it it they really didn't do anything because they even. You know, we get more context in episode five, but it seems like his death and Kathleen kind of taking over was kind of like the turning point of them yeah, driving taking, out Fedra yeah. out of Kansas City and taking the city back, which episode five, the beginning, is a little bit weird for me because I was kind of unsure of we were, where we were at. Was this a year ago, 10 years ago? Is this present day? I, I really wasn't sure, so that was a little bit confusing. Based on... Because Henry and Sam are hiding out, it seems like this uh, resistance group had has just kicked Fedra out. Yeah, and even Henry mentions, I think when they talk later, Joel and Henry talk later in the episode. He says something to the effect of like, "Not since ten days ago," mm-hmm. when referring to uh, Fedra's reign in Kansas City. But yeah, I liked her, and I like Perry. Then we get uh, Ellie and. Joel hiding out. Yeah, because at this point, they're they're pretty much going door to door. Yep. Looking for Henry now. And yep, Joel and Ellie are hiding out, and they find this uh, this little hideaway in, in the attic, I guess it is. Well, no, they climb uh, like a, a kind of commercial building, right? Oh, yeah, that's, yeah. And yeah, and, that, and that's a really good scene, too, because that's kind of the first time we really see this humane version of Joel. You know, yeah. After the outbreak, you know, when he's kind of he's trying to find the words to console Ellie after, you know, Ellie had to kill that guy. And, and he's obviously really bad at it. And he even says it, you know, verbatim, like, I'm I'm not good at this. But it, we get that first glimpse of him kind of, you know, easing up a bit and not being so hardened. Right. And 
and he's trying to console her and and then it leads to you know him showing her how to properly hold the gun and then ultimately letting her keep it because i mean she's kind of proving herself now you know what really my favorite part of that episode is, is when they do get into that the attic and they're laying there and he asks her like what did you mean by it wasn't your first time yeah and when she's like i just don't want to talk about it he's like okay because he gets that yeah because you know he's obviously they've alluded to you know he's done a lot of bad things to probably good people that he doesn't want to talk about yeah that was good i like that and then we immediately get the joke oh yeah the joke book that's so good yeah, because she has the joke book throughout the episode, which yeah. is ripped right from the game, too. And um, and when he finally breaks and laughs, man. <laughs> yeah, that was great. I love this. I love this little uh, story arc that's happening in this episode with the joke book. Yeah. Uh, and then, then we get a little ambush. Little Henry and Sam ambush Joel and Ellie, and that's how they end the episode. I was pissed when... I watched this episode because it ended like that. Yeah, it didn't feel and, like it, it should have ended and I yet. Was, <laughs> I was like, God damn it. It's going to make me wait another week. Yeah, because this. this is, this is the, kind of the first time where the, um, this por- portion of the story is kind of like episode four is part one, five is part two. Yeah. The, one, two, and three have kind of like it's been their own thing. Like one was Outbreak Day. Two was, okay, this is the world we're living in now. This is how Joel meets Ellie. Well, no, I guess that happens in one, too. Yeah, and two so, is more so them getting to the Capitol building. Right, yeah, you're right, you're right, you're right. And then yeah. three is the whole Frank and Bill. Right. So every every episode so far has had, like, obviously there's lingering questions that need to be answered in future episodes, but every episode so far has had, like, a definitive end that doesn't really need to be continued into the next one. Yeah. And this is the first one where it's like, nope, you gotta watch the next one and see what happens. Yep, so, okay, so we get to episode five, and episode five opens up with... Yeah, f- <clears throat> with <laughs> Fedra, <laughs> Fedra being killed, Fedra taken getting out. getting ass whooped. <laughs> Dude, <laughs> there was literally a shot where somebody was getting shot in the head, and mm-hmm. I was like, oh, God, <laughs> I was not expecting that. Someone gets hung. Mm. Yeah, just wild times in Kansas City, I'll tell you that. Yeah, we get that, and you know, we see Henry and Sam on the run, trying to find somewhere to hide. And they, they change the character of Sam just a little bit, because he is deaf in this one. Yep. The actor that plays him is deaf, too, Yeah, I learned. Yep. And the actor who plays Henry had to learn sign language for, at least like for the lines. Okay, so you... That's pretty cool. I know you recently replayed The Last of Us. Mm-hmm. Did you play the Henry and Sam part before you seen this episode? No. Well, I did, but a while ago. Okay, um, so did you, you... You knew, like, their arc and where it was going. Yeah. Okay, see, see, I had forgotten. Like, I knew we were going to move on from these characters, obviously. But I, I spent episode five, like, I'm trying to remember, like, where is this going? So I remember it for the most part, except one detail, which we'll get to. Um, okay. And then I... Yeah, I, I, I totally get that. Because the one detail that I could not remember, I did spend the entire episode just trying to remember and thinking, I don't know what happens here. <laughs> <laughs> 
Um, great casting for these oh, two characters. Oh yeah, I I mean that's been par for the course the entire the entire season. I love the entire cast. I love when Sam would like hit on tables or <laughs> floors and just be like <laughs> really stern look at his brother. Yeah, like, what's going on? Uh, they did make Henry younger, which actually I think benefited mm-hmm. uh, the story because it, it makes him more closer to being equals. Uh, in the game, there's like a pretty significant uh, age gap, it seems like, because it seems like Henry is about as old as Joel is. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And Sam is as old as... Ellie is so there's like 30 year difference between these brothers and this one there's maybe 10 maybe 12 mm-hmm. can't be any more than 15 no nah. so we get we pretty much get uh Henry and Sam's whole kind of story of from from you know the day the resistance kind of yeah, you know over, the liberation yeah, from the, Fedra. Right. Liberation Day and how they get into the attic and you know they show uh Sam, you know, drawn on the walls and all that stuff. And obviously we leaving off of episode four, we know yeah, that we had great. already we had already seen that right in four. So it was cool to So the first uh, I would I think it's like first fifteen, twenty minutes is just kinda we're getting Henry and Sam's story leading up to the point where they've, they've now ambushed Joel and Ellie, which th- that scene is so fucking great. The one where they actually ambush them? Yeah. We're, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and Joel just cannot sound convincing whatsoever. <laughs> yeah, I for a second I thought he was just going to like take the gun out of Sam's hand. Like, just like. Give me your little, <laughs> give me your little shit. And uh, but yeah, he he doesn't sound very convincing. And uh, and they also they so they've added the plot that uh, Joel has hearing problems because of his uh, you know, his use of guns in this new world, uh, without hearing protection has caused some severe damage to it. Seems like the um the. Is it the right side? I can't remember yeah. which side they said. Yeah, it's the right side. Yeah, okay, that makes sense, because he was sleeping on his left ear, um, and then Ellie had to yell at him. Yeah, because uh, I think in episode four, when we see him going to sleep, he's laying on his right ear, but when he's woken up, he's rolled over and laying on his left. Yep. Yeah. Which I think that was also cool, because that also kind of gave Joel more of a reason to trust her, because it's like... He's seeing like how observant she is. Yeah. But yeah, when they so when we finally get to the the scene, when we finally get to where we ended off on episode four, <laughs> it's just hilarious because even even Ellie's like, he's just an asshole. That's how he sounds. <laughs> and, then, and then when he says something else, she's just like, come on, man. <laughs> uh, yeah, that was good. I love that interaction there. And uh, the acting, you know, the guy, I don't know his name, but the guy who played Henry, he's really convincing in, in that scene where he's like, I've never done this before. I don't know where this goes, but I didn't hurt you. You don't hurt us. And then obviously we get to fast forward to them where they're just sitting down eating and Joel just kind of wants to cut ties. But Henry obviously has a different plan. 
And then that's when we get, we see Henry's perspective of uh, Joel and Ellie being ambushed. Yeah. And, and it happens. Well, we got that originally in that lead up to. Yeah, um, you're right. You're right. That was earlier in the episode. See, this is why we got to talk about these things sooner because it's been like <laughs> a week since I watched it. Yeah, that's true. But yeah, that was cool. I love seeing the alternate perspective of uh I was also thinking about how scary it would be to be in Sam's position. Man. Uh during this sort of uh post-apocalyptic world where you can't hear anything, you can just the only way you can judge if there's danger is the people around you. And so like when Henry you know kind of ducks and covers Sam's just like, <laughs> yeah, on, like I imagine Sam is on edge all the time because he doesn't really know, you know, he doesn't know what's going on ever, right. really. Yeah. So then these two, there are these, this group of four start to uh, interact more and they come up with a plan to get out of Kansas City based on Henry's knowledge of the city. Mm-hmm. And then we, and we also get the confession that he's, he's a dirty little rat. For Fedra. Yeah, so but, that... But for, but for good reason. <laughs> yeah, okay, so that's... I kind of had a gripe with that because I, I don't know if we needed to to give Sam... What was it? Leukemia? Yeah, it comes off as, like, Degrassi-ish. Uh, Next Generation, where <laughs> everyone has... A, everyone that's like, has... That's, like, spot on. <laughs> where everyone has every issue that's ever happened. Like every <laughs> disease yeah. and illness, <laughs> I, I I feel like Henry just have having to take care of Sam, just providing him with the essentials to survive. Yeah, that that was probably enough. It is enough of a reason we didn't we didn't need to go that extra mile. So I just felt like that was kind of shoehorned in a little bit, and maybe taking it a little bit too far. But aside from that, I, I have nothing else to gripe about with this episode. Yeah, we get. Joel, or sorry, Ellie and Sam interacting. They're reading the joke book, and then uh, they, they uh, find the comic books later in the yeah in the school. Yeah, the underground school, which that is also ripped directly out of the game. Because in the game, when you go down there and you go find like all the letters and stuff, I think you you find out that the community was kind of built from a guy who was out on sea or something, and then when he finally came back. He, he kind of built that underground community and stuff, but I don't know. It's been a long time since I played the game, but yeah, we get them in the school because they're going through the tunnels. Oh, I looked up the actors uh, who played. Oh yeah, Henry and uh, Sam. It's Lamar Lamar Johnson and Kevon Woodward, or Woodard. Sorry, Lamar Johnson and Kevon Woodard. So Lamar is uh, Henry, and Kevon is uh, Sam. Also, I don't know if I'm pronouncing it right because I'm just looking at, just looking at it spelled out. So hopefully, I didn't mess up the names. But those are the two actors, and they did a really great job. So I do like that part where they they initially go down to the tunnels. So this whole time, Henry's kind of like cocky about this plan, right? Cause, yeah, because they get down to the tunnels, and he's like, "See." Empty. My plan worked. And Joel's just like, we've been down here for five minutes. <laughs> yeah, he's like, maybe you could shut up. We've only been down here for 20 seconds. Yeah. I was thinking that too, just like, shut up. <laughs> yeah. 
and then the obviously the tunnel, them being down in the tunnels, it leads them to the school and where they find the community. Uh and then what so we get Joel and we get more conversation with Joel and Henry where Joel kinda walks back some of the comments he made earlier. Yeah, and then and then Henry reveals or reveals to Joel that he gave Fedra Kathleen's brother. Who they make like they make it seem like he was like this great man. <laughs> like everyone talks about how great this guy is. Well yeah, I mean supposedly he in it, and based on what we've seen, there was a resistance force, but they weren't very effective mm-hmm. uh, with, uh, I don't remember what they even said his name was, but Kathleen's brother at the helm, and now with Kathleen at the helm, they've already taken over. But I guess, you know, the death of, his death is the uh, the catalyst for the uprising, yeah. like the true uprising, so... And then I forget we also got that episode, that scene earlier in the episode with Kathleen in their childhood bedroom. Yep. And you get uh, Perry coming, and you know she's kind of talking about it, and you and you kind of get the idea like, okay, maybe she's she's gonna pull back and like let it go, and, but then she just turns around and doubles down. It's like if you're if you're here to tell me that my brother would let it go, I know that already. Yeah, she's basically like, I'm gonna kill these guys. <laughs> yeah. No matter what. And, and then Perry's I don't like care if it's... <laughs> and Perry's like, Okay, we're with you. <laughs> yeah, Perry's just like, All right, we're on board. Oh, I guess we also forgot to mention that the I don't remember if it's episode four or five, but they find it it's four. They find a sinkhole in a building that is moving. Um and then later we get more context from Henry. That there's no infected in the city because Fedra uh, scooted them all down <laughs> underground, down underground 15 years ago, uh, which made uh, Joel and Ellie nervous about this plan of going into the tunnels because you know they could potentially be in line to be ambushed by a ton of infected. So, do you think? Did you get the impression that Fedra driving the infected into the tunnels? directly wiped out the community that was down there. Yeah. Okay, I did too. And that, and later in the episode, but we'll get to it when we get there. Yeah, but they so they get out of the tunnels successfully. Yep. And they and they're walking through the neighborhood. Kind of, yeah, kind of a residential area. And we got Henry being cocky again. <laughs> again. <laughs> and then he nearly This one's <laughs> more this one's more justified because his plan actually up to this point, had worked. Yeah, yeah, because they're out, but they're like they're not quite out just yet. They're like they're a block away. I do like this this scene in particular because Sam signs to uh, Henry like, "Why can't we use our flashlights?" And <laughs> yeah. Henry's like, "Because he he's nervous," and you know they're like, "Nobody's out here." And then Sam does, or sorry, Henry doesn't even answer Sam. <laughs> it just says out loud, like, yeah, I know nobody's here. Turns out, he was wrong. Yeah. So much like episode four, when we get that uh, that gameplay sequence of them being ambushed, we get that directly replicated. We get the same thing here with the sniper scene, although in the show yep. it's uh, at night, and in the game it's uh, during the day. So, okay, yep. one little gripe here is, you know, the guy shooting clearly sees Joel heading towards the house 
because he's shooting at him, but he's missing. So you know he's coming, <laughs> and then you're still just, you know, he still gets the drop on. He seems a little little off. Like what? Yeah, I think I think my the reasoning might have been like maybe he assumed that he just you know went across the river, but also he's old. It was just kind of like oh well. Oh man, even before we got going back, when I don't know if it's when when they first get into the tunnels, and Joel just looks at Ellie and is like, "Pull your gun out," and <laughs> she just gets that look on her face, and it's just. You know, it's it's those little details like that where you get the feeling of even though we're not seeing some moments on camera, their relationship is still growing and they're, and they're still, yeah. you know, getting more familiar and comfortable and their bond is growing in the scenes that we don't see. Yeah. So, yeah, so we get that. And then right when they start getting shot at and Joel's like, okay. I'm going to I'm going to flank him. I'm going to go around and and Ellie doesn't want him to go cuz she she thinks he's going to get killed and he's just like, "Do you trust me?" There is like a moment hesitation. But then she she says, "Yeah." yeah. And then uh Joel takes that guy out. The resistance group comes. So this was my gripe. My gripe wasn't that the old man should have known that Joel was coming at him. My gripe was this huge like truck, this tank basically with uh, a, a plow on the front is coming directly at these t- three characters and like, they're still running straight ahead. Yeah. Like I get, it's like, I get it's movie logic. Yeah. But, it makes for a good visual. You know, <laughs> but I'm still like, jump off to the side. What are you doing? Yeah. I, I guess in the heat of the moment in, in panic, you know, you might do that, but. But yeah, I like I like that part where they're just kind of sitting there and they just hear him yelling, "Run!" Yeah, and they they're not sure what he's saying, and then, uh, then they see the trucks and they're like, yeah. "Oh shit! All right, we better run." And then it says "run" on the uh, <laughs> the front of the truck. And the then plow when they did like, veer off, finally they just picked the worst place to hide. Yeah, it was like right behind yep. the car. Um. So yeah, Joel takes out the driver. Driver crashes into a house. Uh. Explosion. Kathleen comes out, tells them to come out, to give up. Joel is still in the house, but he can't uh can't use the gun because Perry, I think, is aimed right at him. Uh, mm, uh, I think at that point Joel's gun was jammed. No, that was earlier when he was still trying to shoot truck. Actually that's later. Um Yeah, you're right. You're right, you're right. But anyway, um yeah, because Joel is like hiding out. He's listening, obviously, but he can't shoot because they're they they have some guys. Yeah, yeah, at yeah. Him. You're right because they he hears them on the radio that they know where he's shooting from. Yeah, the only part about this I didn't like was they specifically say they send two guys to go to the house. They do to get don't him, they? and then we ne- like those two guys apparently just fucking dicked around. They're like, oh yeah, we'll get him later. Uh, <laughs> no, nah, we're going to break. <laughs> I'm on a break, Kathleen. <laughs> I'm, I'm taking my mandatory union 30-minute lunch break. <laughs> I'm not even supposed to be here today. Oh, my God. <laughs> uh, So, yeah, then all of a sudden, every, or, sorry, Henry does come out. 
wants the children to be left alone, but Kathleen's like, nah, <laughs> I'm going to kill those kids, Yeah, too. and she says that the girl is with the guy who killed killed those guys. Yeah, killed the three initially in episode four. But how does she know that he's... Well, in episode... That they're together. In episode four, oh, yeah, that's true. Well, I, so I guess... The only, the only way they would know is okay. if... I got it. I got it. Because when, when they bring the bodies the first time to her, and they're explaining to her, you know, what happened to them, they, they tell her, like, you know, it's somebody from the outside because they had a truck. It was fully stocked. So they know it's somebody new in town. And I guess the guy who was shooting when he radioed into them that, hey, they're here. Was like, there's four yeah. people. There's four people, two children. So, like, then Henry basically outs Ellie because he says, let the two yeah. go. And then she's like, well, the girl's with. Mm-hmm. The man, and they killed, yeah. So then, you know, she's about to start blasting on these. And that shit hits the fan. About to start blasting. <laughs> about to start putting caps in asses. <laughs> 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 and then shit just goes left. Yeah, shit goes real left. So what What were you expecting to pop out of there first? I thought it was just going to be a bloater straight up. Yeah, me up. too. Like just, when, so when that fucking horde but, comes flying out of there, I'm like, oh, shit. Another gripe I had with this episode was just some of those infected look. Like, obviously, they use CGI for a lot of them, and it kind of looks bad. But I was just kind of like, whatever. Whatever, CGI most of the time looks bad anyway, so I don't care. <laughs> um, yeah, but then we do get the bloater coming out. People are dying left and right. Somehow Ellie is uh, escaping, but that's because of Joel sniping out any threats that potentially are coming her way. So that was great because that, that again, uh, builds that trust between these two characters. Ellie can depend on Joel when she's in trouble, and Joel is going to actively help her when she is. We get that little gymnastic uh, girl in the truck coming after her. We get Henry and Sam trapped under a car. They're about to get attacked. Ellie comes up, knifes him, shanks, shanks a motherfucker. So yeah, then all four of them are making their way out. Kathleen comes up, is like, no, I ain't forgot about and you. Before that, Henry, uh, Perry gets his head ripped off. <laughs> yeah, that was sweet. That bloater yeah. comes out, rips his whole head and mm-hmm. spine off. I was like, hell yeah. Kathleen's like, I ain't forgot about you motherfuckers. Do you, do you, f- you th- I ain't the one. <laughs> so how do you feel about her death? Do you feel like it was maybe too easy? I mean, it was a little convenient, but I think, I think it just, it shows how dangerous, just you know, regular old clickers are. Yeah, it was a little too convenient, but it's like this is how this story is gonna go. Um, I- there's gonna be there's gonna be moments where things align that wouldn't necessarily yeah, I feel but... like uh sometimes oh my god I feel like I gotta sneeze. You ever feel like you gotta sneeze but it doesn't come? And you're like uh, <laughs> uh, uh, <laughs> come out where are you? What, what I will say I like about this is it is unpredictable the first time you see it you don't see it coming. 
Yeah. Is it convenient? Yeah, but so sometimes in like these zombie shows or any like like monster form of media, like once they start introducing like the different variations, like like so in this episode we got the bloater, right? So that's even more of a threat. Sometimes when we get those bigger versions of the enemy, like the regular one, like the regular version, like in this instant, the regular clicker no longer really seems like a threat because like our main characters are just, you know, killing them all. They're wiping them out. But in this right here, it's like, no, you know, the regular clickers will still get you. Yeah. And even the regular infected, because all those weren't necessarily clickers or bloaters or whatever, but they were just killing everyone. So anyone can get it. Yeah, this definitely makes anyone can get this bite. Uh, Dude, the way that fucking clicker beats on Kathleen's chest is insane. (laughs) Yeah, she's basically like scratching or just kind of like trying to rip her heart out or something. Yeah, it was wild. Uh, Then the four escape. They go to a motel. And you know what happens there at the motel, huh? Man. So it was at this point. (laughs) It was at this point where it all clicked in my head. I'm like, oh, now I remember. (laughs) Fuck. So the the whole episode I knew about this, uh, but I didn't remember the last part, which we'll get into again. So anyway, we get Sam and, or sorry, Henry and Joel kind of bonding, saying it's easier as a kid because no one depends on you. Uh, then Sam comes, or sorry, Henry comes in. I keep confusing every character. Henry comes in and is like, Sam, you got to go to bed. probably my fault because I, I called then, the guy Frank earlier in the episode. <laughs> I love that Henry comes in, tells Sam it's time for bed, and Sam just immediately is like, all right, and goes to bed. <laughs> like lays down (laughs) you son of a bitch i'm in i thought that was so funny then ellie wakes him up and uh they have their little conversation about their fears uh, what they're scared of yeah their fears and uh little sam reveals that he got bitten on the leg yep and ellie reveals to him she's immune so she cuts her hand puts her blood on uh sam's bite which is not in the game, but I loved, I love this detail. It shows her innocence and reminds you that this is a kid. This yeah, is a kid. just shows how naive she is because she is a child, and uh, and her, you know, desire to still help people. And the main focus of this whole show is to get her to these Firefly labs so that potentially we can end this, uh, this whole thing. Yeah. I- I love it so much because it up until this point, Ellie's kind of been kind of carefree about her about being immune, and she's always kind of like laughed yeah. it off. But now, with what happened in episode five, now it's serious for her. This made me uh, this made me emotional, and then the little two little kids hugged. I started crying. Yeah. Uh, Sam is like, "Will you stay up with me?" And she's like, yeah, and then much like episode four, <laughs> yeah, much like with the car, uh, she falls asleep. Henry is turned, or sorry, ha- Sam is turned away from her, and she goes up to tap him on the shoulder, and he's done. He's done. It's infected. So I didn't even realize 
because I'm so used to the game versions of these characters, I completely forgot that like while I was watching that Sam was deaf, even though they've been driving this point for two episodes, I was still in the mindset of like thinking about the video game, thinking about that version of it. So at first, my first initial thought was like, oh man, he would have, she fell asleep. He would have been dead. She would have been dead. And then I was like, oh wait. Do you, or do you want to take it deeper? Do you think? Yeah. He's seen her fall asleep. And at, at oh, yeah, some that's... point in the night, he felt himself turning and decides, knowing that he won't be able to hear her, turns away from her. Yeah, that's definitely what happened. And that's a great yeah. detail. So, uh, little Sam starts attacking Ellie. Joel is like, I'm going to shoot this kid. <laughs> I'm going to kill this kid. And uh, <laughs> Henry's like, dude, that's my brother. But then kills him anyway. I think that was just out of, uh, that was out of just instinct. Gotta be. Yeah, it was just instinct to take out a, uh, an infected. Then he does it and realizes what he's done. And, yeah, and you see just his facial expression, him realizing what he just did. So this is what I didn't remember. I remembered Sam turning. I did not remember what Henry did until one second before it happened and was like, oh, yeah, so trigger warning. So uh, Henry turns the gun on himself and takes his own life. This left me an emotional wreck. I was sobbing, crying, just like ugly cry, sobbing, just (laughs) crying like a bitch. (laughs) That was me. Yeah, it it got me. It, I will. It's the first time I teared up since uh, the pilot. Even though there, there there's been plenty uh, of reasons to tear up, I just been you know right. I think it. I think it's because I had for I forgot. So episode one is kind of hard not to cry for that. Yeah, if you see that scene and you don't cry, you know <laughs> something's wrong with you. <laughs> yeah, you have emotional seek therapy now. <laughs> but for for episode five because i didn't see it coming up until just a few moments before it did i think that's why it probably made me a little bit more emotional yeah yeah so i've i've watched it twice that Mm -hmm. episode and i sobbed both times so i just think it's a even though i knew it was coming i think what does it for me is right when Henry turns the gun on himself and pulls the trigger, you hear a little, like, yelp from oh, Ellie. Man. Yeah, I was going to mention that. I yeah. think I think that's what does yeah. it. Because it almost feels like we've, in episode four and five, we've gotten to see so much of kind of her innocence primarily in five mm-hmm. with what we just seen with her, you know, trying to use her blood to heal Sam. Well, yeah, it's interesting because in, in the beginning of four, she has to murder someone. So then the rest of these two episodes is about building back to that sort of, uh, innocence and, and it, you know, r- keep her naive and, and a child. Yeah. And then, yeah, they spend the, uh, a lot of episode five, just kind of reestablishing her as a child. And reestablishing that innocence, just like you said, and then it just in that little yelp, 
it feels like just a huge chunk of that gets ripped away from her. And then obviously yep. when we get to the end and, you know, Joel's burying them and she leaves Sam's notepad on his grave that just says, I'm sorry. And, and she's just like, matter of fact, you know, which way is West? And then takes yeah, off. Let's and then get like, out of Let's here. go. God, man, this show. Yeah, that that scene wrecked me. I will say that. Yeah, it it did. I'm I'm excited to watch episode six. Episode six, it's good. It <laughs> is good. But yeah, that's episodes uh, four and five of The Last of Us. Real, 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 real good stuff. All right, so we got to rank them. Oh wow! I forgot um, what metric we were using. I think we were using 10 out of 10. Yeah, I, yeah, I know it was 10, but weren't we saying 10-something? Oh, I think we were just doing 10 oh. out of 10, as far as I remember. Well. um, yeah. I'm giving episode 5 a 9 and a half, which is probably going to be bumped up 10, I think, when uh, all is said and done. I'm going to give episode 4 a 9. That was, it's funny because episode one was my favorite. Two was very good. Three obviously was very good. Uh, But then four was my favorite episode since episode one. And then five was my favorite. <laughs> so each one just got progressively better. Two, two might be my least favorite. Yeah, I think two is my which, least favorite. Which is still an amazing episode, but yeah. Two might be my least favorite. I forget what I gave two, but. But yeah, go on. Yeah, that's pretty much it, I would say. Uh, four would get a nine for me, and five is teetering on ten, uh, as is the pilot episode. I think retroactively, again, I'm probably going to rate both of these episodes a ten. But right now, I'll give them a little nine and a half. Yeah. Uh, they're inching so, closer and closer. <laughs> for for me, I'm going to jump off the ledge. And, I, and I'm going to give episode one a ten. I'm going to go back. Give it a 10. I think I've seen enough. We're over halfway through the season. I think when all is said and done, it's still going to be one of my top two favorite episodes. Top two or three, depending. I, you know, there's still a lot left. But yeah, I'm, I'm going to retroactively bump episode one up to a 10. And I'm going to say episode five. Well, let me start with episode four. I'm going to give episode four a nine. The only reason I don't give it a 10 is because it's shorter than the other episodes, maybe, and it and it ends on that cliffhanger. <laughs> yeah, which isn't necessarily no, it's not bad. bad it's but... like, mm, no. <laughs> <laughs> it made me mad. <laughs> I'm so mad right now. And, and, and when it ended, I remember just sitting there like, wait, is that it? So that that's enough for me. Like, okay, it's a 9.5 or it's a 9. It's not a 10. Episode 5 is probably going to be by the end of the season bumped up to a 10. I think I love it equally as the pilot. But I'm going to leave it at a 9.5 for now. Nice. That's our rankings. I guess when I guess when the series is done we can give, you know, we can rank all of the episodes. Yeah, we can uh I was going to say have a full-blown conversation, but literally every episode we've had so far since it's come out has been a full-blown conversation about yeah, we, the, uh, the yeah, series. We'll... But I imagine once the, once the series, series finale drops, we won't have 
we won't be able to talk about anything else other than there's going to be a lot to talk about when we get to that ending. So, uh, yeah, that's the last of us. And, uh, we're going to take a break and maybe come back with more (laughs) stuff or maybe we'll come back from break and end the episode. Who knows? You'll have to wait and see. You'll just have to stick around (laughs) to find out. Okay. Bye. All right, we're back. Didn't know if we we didn't know if we'd come back, but we back. So we're back to say that we're leaving. <laughs> <laughs> but first, we're gonna talk about uh, give an update on. Uh, we talked about the Bloodline storyline and how it's uh, really great, and Sami Zayn challenging. Uh, and we we said that Sami should be involved in the main event of WrestleMania. We got. Sami Zayn versus Roman Reigns at uh, this past Sunday or Saturday at Elimination Chamber, and unfortunately, Sami Zayn came up yep. short. Uh, it was good. Yeah, I, I think I told you, I've never been into a match where so few moves have right. happened. <laughs> like, it just reminded me how limited. I don't want to say limited their move set is because I obviously. They know a lot of moves, but yeah, it it was just wild because the first, I almost skipped the first like five minutes because I was just waiting for something to happen and they were standing there and I, I'm old and do not have the patience. Uh, I understand from their perspective of being in the ring and soaking in the atmosphere and not wanting to necessarily let this moment end. Particularly for Sami Zayn. Not, not to cut you off, but, but you know why I had a problem with that in the actual match? The night before on SmackDown, Sami just did that. When he did his promo, he, you know, he came out and he true. just kind of stood there. And, you know, that's great. He should get that. He should get those moments. He's, he deserves them. He's put in the work. I just don't know if we needed that back to back, you know, back to back nights. Right. Another gripe, too, is. I kind of wish they would have waited for Elimination Chamber to bring back his old theme. I was thinking that, you know too. It, you know what it makes um, me think of? <laughs> it makes me think of the movie Big Daddy. <laughs> what? <laughs> I need to hear this. Because Sammy comes out on SmackDown to his old theme. Crowd goes crazy, right? It, and so Elimination Chamber happens. And comes out to his old theme. Crowd is going crazy. They completely hijack, you know, that beginning of the match where they're, you know, singing along to his theme. It, it makes me think of the scene in Big Daddy when the, when the girl's like, we wasted the good surprise on you. <laughs> in that, how cool do you think it would have been to, and this is fantasy booking a little bit, and I'll I'll get through this quick so we can get out of here. How cool would it have been if Elimination Chamber, Sammy comes out to his theme that he had been using for, for a while. You do a false finish. You give Sammy that moment. You think he's won. You can do it any which way where Roman's foot was under the rope or his shoulders weren't all the way on the mat. Any, like They've done it before. They did it with Cena and Punk one mm-hmm. time. 
you give Sammy that moment, you have all the confetti drop, and his old music hits. And because that old music hits, you that would almost like trigger like, oh no, this is for real. He actually right, and then you rip the carpet out, and then you break our hearts. I just think that would have been cool. I I feel like this should have ended with just a little bit more heartbreak. If they were, if they since they went down this road of having the match at Elimination Chamber, I feel like they should have went all the way and made it a little bit more heartbreaking. But see, I'm I'm the opposite. I think what we got was fine. Yeah, and I think if you push it any more then you're uh you're you're on the verge of potentially alienating a crowd towards a character um because then it becomes like oh man Sammy you didn't do it i guess you could potentially have that in this case I too i get that and um, it could potentially damper the moment that Cody is probably going to get at mania when he does finally beat roman i do think that they do have like, if they keep the momentum up for Sammy, they have another major player on their hands, which is cool. Because uh, their their upper card is... It's, like, filled with guys that could be put in spots, yeah. but aren't. So it'll be cool to have, like, a rotation of characters that could be the top guy at any given yeah. point. Um, it, just having Roman... I mean... It's good for establishing Roman as a dominant champion, but moving forward, we're going to need, you know, more characters for all these people to interact with, like, like a Sammy, like a Cody, even like a Seth. Uh, I would even argue that a Jey Uso, if built right, could be up there. I hope that's where they're going. Because that would be cool with, you know, this this whole bloodline thing kind of kicked off with Jay getting a little bit of a singles run. And it would be nice coming out of it for him to get another singles run. Because he was great. And he is great. And he's been great through this whole storyline. So here's the thing with the ending. I, when I initially watched it, I'm like, I wish they would have just went all the way with Jay right there. Is he with the bloodline or is he not? But I think the beauty of the ambiguity of it is that coming out of Mania, you still got that thread of of Roman right. and Jay. There's so, there's, Are you, there's so many ways they can go because about you, this. You got to think they're they're leading towards the Usos versus KO and Sammy for the titles at Mania, which initially. Going into Elimination Chamber, I was like, man, if they go that route, that's almost like a demotion for Sammy. But I don't know if I look at it that way anymore. I, f- I feel like it, it's elevating the tag division and the tag titles to where now the, the tag titles are going to have a meaningful spot on the Mania card, a meaningful story that people are going to be invested in. Because I, I felt like it was going to be a repeat of we were supposed to get KO and Jericho for the universal title at Mania, and then it ended up just being for the United States title, and it really wasn't that great of a program once it only became about the United States championship. I felt like it was kind of heading that way, but I guess at this point, I've just kind of like, I got faith on where they take it. 
because it's been so good so far. And at all the points of contention where I've kind of been like, I don't want them to do that. Don't do this. They've done it their way and I've enjoyed it. Yeah. Yeah, I do think we get um, KO, Sammy, and the Usos. Um, that could potentially be the main event of night one. That would if be, I was that would guess. be awesome. But the main event for night one should probably be either Asuka and Bianca or Charlotte and uh, Rhea. We'll see. Um, yeah, so it was a good match. It, there weren't a lot of moves, but everything was effective. And uh, the use of uh, Sammy's wife in the crowd was great, yeah. too. This match just really solidifies for me how great of a character Roman is. Oh, yeah. This is the best version of Roman that we've ever seen as far as uh, character work goes. And uh, it's amazing to see the transition from him just like three yeah. years ago uh, where, you know, he was this kind of typical generic white meat <laughs> baby face guy who, you know. I was going to have a mania match uh, with Goldberg <laughs> that no one cared about. Yeah, and then once they turned him, which they should have done <laughs> five, six, seven years ago, um, I would even argue that maybe Roman should have been the guy to break up the shield, but that's neither here nor there. Um, it's 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 awesome to see this transition of him being the guy, uh, which they've always wanted, and finally works on a level that you know, appeals to everyone and isn't, he is shoved down our throats, but it's in, because he's a heel, it's expected for that to be the right. case. So this is good. They're doing, they're doing right by a lot of characters and storylines. Yeah. So got kudos, kudos to the creative team of WWE yeah. right now. I, I am more excited for WrestleMania this year than I've been probably since 30 I will definitely watch Cody and Roman uh and I'll probably watch some other stuff here and there um I'm not going to watch everything but I'll probably watch the tag title match if that happens I'll watch uh I'll watch Oscar and Bianca I probably won't watch Rhea and Charlotte I'll watch the end um <laughs> I I just I do not like Charlotte. I get I, it. If if she loses, I'll watch the end because that'll be satisfying for me. But uh, if they go Dom, XCOM, XCON Dom versus Rey Mysterio, I'll watch that because I know it'll be short and sweet, and that'll be fine mm -hmm. with me. Uh, I'll probably end up watching all almost, of it. So I'll just watch it live. It sounds like. They're going Austin Theory either with Edge or I've read like John Cena uh, for the U.S. title, which is like insane to think about. Is it insane to say that either way I could care less? <laughs> Edge's post uh, return to WWE hasn't been the greatest, I feel like. Yeah, he, he's it's been unfortunate because, you know, we had that monumental return and then COVID and then 
The yeah. matches with Randy really weren't that great. Specifically, the one at Mania that they had that that, that thing was boring. Um, and then he turns heel, creates the Judgment Day. Is kicked out of the Judgment Day, right? Which they only did that because Cody got hurt and they needed a top baby face on Raw. Yeah, but then Edge was gone forever. Yeah, and then so he gets like, hurt. He didn't do anything. Yeah, he gets hurt, and <laughs> I don't know. It it seems like they're probably still gonna do him and Finn at Mania, which I'm like, whatever. That that'll probably be a bathroom break. Is is is. Big of a Finn Balor fan as I am, I'm really not enjoying the Judgment Day stuff with him. The only really thing out of the Judgment Day that's good is Rhea and Xcon Dom. Yeah, they're yeah. great. Finn and Damien are just kind of super generic right yeah. now, and uh, which is unfortunate because I think uh, a heel Finn Balor would work on some level. Oh yeah, uh, oh yeah, but. And da- Damian Priest is fine. Honestly, I haven't been the biggest fan of him, even when he was in ROH under uh, par- Punishment Ra- Martinez, I think his name was. Um, yeah, he's fine. He's whatever. But yeah, I think uh, we'll see what happens. Wrestling is, is good in some aspects again. Uh, and maybe we'll talk about it later. But... But for but for now, no. my uh my watch is telling me it's time to stand. It's time to go. <laughs> time to leave y'all behind. For now. Well, thanks for making it to the end of the episode. Hope you enjoyed it. Hopefully you've been watching along with The Last of Us. And you know, comment, send us a message, whatever about what you've liked about the show or disliked. Let's get that let's get some fan interaction going, guys. What are we doing here? Yeah. Again, hope you enjoyed the show. You can find us on social media, Nerds Collide Pod. We have Instagram, we have Twitter, we have TikTok, which we need to update and post more on. We need we need to get those splices going where uh we take selfies with uh, of ourselves with other famous TikTok videos. Get those likes, bro. I don't know um, about that. <laughs> yeah, I don't know about that either. But anyway, The term nerd is rated E for everyone. Find your passion. Embrace it. Be the nerd that you are. Or else. And and if you didn't like the episode, we got two words for you. Oh, man. Gon' get. (laughs) Oh, yeah, that too. Gon' get. Bye. Bye. (laughs)